What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema. This is episode number 209, where today we're talking about Pieces of a Woman on Netflix and Uncle Frank from Amazon. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. And it's me, Roger Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Perma guest, Christopher Bond. Guys, what's going on, gentlemen? How was your week? I mean, circled around crippling depression by watching these movies. <laughs> Yeah, they were not the easiest things to watch, nor are they lighthearted, nor are they like a, a nice no, date movie watch. Yeah. They're not. I feel like I need a self-care yep. like with a long bath and some bubbles and some wine. That's right. <laughs> These are tough movies to digest. The co- I mean, the content is not easy stuff to digest, especially today. It's very heavy stuff, but mm. we're going to talk about them. I, I think they make some interesting I hope movies. you're here for the laughs, folks. <laughs>, <laughs> I hope you're here for the laughs. What? That's weird. I yeah, know. I know. <laughs> that was, was it? you missed it. Yeah, no, I got the joke. We're not going to be. No, you didn't. Hardy, har, har. What's going on, Roger? How are you this week? Oh, you know, living the dream. I got a fancy new phone, Grayson. What did you get? What did you get? Hold, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you that a different way. Roger, always been Android. What, what, what is your new phone? I have an Apple iPhone Pro Max. Damn right you do. 12, it's about damn. It's about damn time. Pro Max. I do not have a new phone because my. uh my podcast boss doesn't pay me any money to do this, mm. and this is where all my free time goes instead of a side hustle. He gives you cookies. That's true. He has wait, wait, wait a minute. This is where all your free time goes? Yeah, basically. Two movies, three three hours is all your free time in the week? I don't have a lot of free time. <laughs> Fair enough. I have honey buds this week, oh, and they are delicious. So worth it. There's a microwave mm. right there. Ten seconds in the microwave. <laughs> oh, you know, Roger, we're coming up on peep time. We can finally... <laughs> coming to peep time. The only reason we have a microwave in the studio is to melt peeps. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's a long story. story. We'll, okay. we'll, tell, we'll tell the story again around the peep episode. But... Yeah. It's definitely been told on the show before about how we yeah. used to melt peeps in movie theater. Yeah, someone, someone used to get very upset. And if you I think I've, I've heard this story told once now that you said it about, about at the movie theater. I'd say it's not funny, but it is because it's so dumb. It, it is dumb. <laughs> This is episode 209 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, talk about some trailers, and then the movies of the week we are excited to talk about. Let's look at the box office, guys. There's been quite a change in the box office. What do you think took number one? Marchman. Yes, you're right. Liam Liam Neeson is back. With bringing in 3.5 domestic, making its worldwide total 3.7. Not, not sorry, 3.2 domestic, 3.7 worldwide. Not great, but you no, know, it's it's doing it. Wonder Woman has been bumped to number two, bringing in an additional 2.6 domestic, which brings its worldwide to 141.7, less than 700. Now, 141.7 still, I don't think, is as big as the opening weekend would have been in a COVID-free time with. Asian markets newly joined. No, probably not. I think this would have been. I don't know. I'm I'm not really good at guessing that, but I mean, it would have been more than one forty one point seven. Don't you agree with that? Yeah. What about you, Chris? I mean, anything's going to be bigger than what we're getting right now, right? So yeah, it would have been more, probably closer to two. Uh, there's there's some there's some news on that, but we'll do that after the box office. The Crudes, a new age, two million, bringing its worldwide total to one thirty four point eight. I actually wanted this movie to pass Wonder Woman. I'm, I'm just I'm kind of sad that it hasn't passed Wonder Woman yet. I mean, it, it won't. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, it's a good showing for what it was and for when it was. Yeah, it's fine. 
News of the World, 1.1 domestic, bringing it worldwide to 8.7. News of the World is available on VOD now. It is indeed, and so is Monster Hunter, 920k, bringing it worldwide to 16.2 million. It's not too shabby for that one. I didn't think, you didn't think that was going to hit 10. Ooh, big, big goals. <laughs> I mean, I know it costs more than that, so it's still a loss. You're wrong. This is very, very true. I mean, there's, there's not really any surprises there. I don't. I mean, it, it, it is it is what it is. I mean, do you guys expect any movie to do any big business in the next two two months? No. What's her name? The lead again. Mila. Mila. Is she does she have like one of the best jobs in Hollywood? Gen- she doesn't. She probably doesn't have to have to act her ass off. You know what I mean? No. She just gets to show up to the same movie, character. Know that they're gonna be bad. Phone it in, and she gets paid, right? Well, so. her, her, husband, her husband's the one making the movie, so I mean, she doesn't have any casting problems. She's always going to get paid. Okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, take off their, their their set. So yeah, yeah. All right. This past Friday brought us a theatrical release with Liam Neeson, The Marksman. Which, if you're a fan of movies, you probably watch. As a two, that's a that's a, it's going to be a big one. I bet it's um, bad. You think it's bad? I mean, it's probably on. It's probably not any better or worse than his than his other ones, and that and like the unknown and the what's that? The cold. But I mean, that's such a wide range of like a Leah movie could be like very good, engaging, and actiony, or a train wreck. So, I mean, it's all over the place. Yeah. Sure, sure, Each sure. one is some variation of Taken. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, Liam found his late career game, so I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. All right, January 29th is the next theatrical, which brings us Little Things and St. Maud, which are both in theaters and H- – well, no, St. Maud is in theaters and Little Things is theaters and HBO Max, day and date. Then we don't get another theatrical until February 5th, Cinderella. And then February 12th, Barb and, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar on VOD, Judas and the Black Messiah, Land, Minari, and What About Love. Those are – four of those are theatrical – uh, then on February 19th, the Martinian and Nomadland are both theaters. Martinian is theaters and Nomadland is theaters in Hulu. And then February 26th, we have Nobody, Tom and Jerry in the United States versus Billy Holiday. And then, of course, March hasn't changed much. You know, Still the King's Mask, Chaos Walking, Coming to America 2 on Amazon. That hasn't really changed a whole lot. Uh, I guess the next biggest, biggest one, I would say, is probably, what, Godzilla vs. King Kong in theaters March 26th, theaters HBO Max. I didn't know it was coming in theaters this year. I had no idea. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure it'll be moved around. And that's, that's one of those movies that probably cost them 165 170 to make. So, my God, with all the special effects they need, Jesus. Um, I mean, I like the current Godzilla movies. I thought the last one was kind of a beautiful disaster. I thought it was so. Like, I saw the, I saw both of them. The first one, I had the same problems ever once. How it took so long to get rolling, and how little Godzilla we got. Yeah, but once it was there, it was there. Yeah, I thought the second one was really, really good comparatively to like action wise. And then I thought, like you said, train wreck of a movie. Yeah, but beautiful disaster. Yeah, it was, it, it was entertaining as hell. I mean, if you like the big monster genre, it was great. I think so. I, I mean, that's the one. That's the most recent one where they had to go find their daughter amidst all that chaos downtown. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I remember. I'll tell you what I remember about that movie, and I haven't seen it since it came out. But you know, what I remember is when um, Ken Watanabe's character is walking up when when they go underwater and then they find the they find the temple and like the the weird thing. palace underground underwater. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's like ascending the ascending the volcano when it's over. I was like, that was that's a great big Hollywood memorable moment. Like that's all I remember about that movie. And the and the little girl's parents finding her literally amongst all that miles and miles of rubble. 
<laughs> I mean, I remember, uh, remember at the end of the movie where God no- Godzilla goes like supernova oh, yeah. and just yeah. irradiates everything. Uh, so like, I, I'm a sucker for like your Pacific Rim movies and like, oh like, yeah, your, your big your big monster and like robot movies. So I enjoyed that movie for what it was. Yeah, I mean, it, but there's such a disconnect there too, though. Yeah. But in the in, in the same way that I I just you know I just watched uh, today actually Roger the other guys, Mark Wahlberg and uh, Will Ferrell, mm. and that movie's should watch Nice Guys. I've seen nice. I mean, you see it. In the you watch that yet? Was it awesome? It was good. Man. I told you. I told you it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also like the whole there in the hot tub and the guns. <laughs> <laughs> that movie. I mean, there's such there's such a disconnect with those movies too, though, because no, it's just cops wouldn't do things that they do. Well, it's I mean, almost like that's a bad comedy movie. Yeah. <laughs> and Godzilla yeah. is not a documentary. <laughs> A documentary on nothing. A documentary oh. filmed in real time. <laughs> this is Godzilla and his friends tear up the United States. <laughs> but what's interesting is June eleventh. Well, no, before that, even uh, Spiral is back in May. Uh, Black Widow's May seventh. May twenty eighth is a big one. Cruella. Spiral. Fast- that's the Saw movie, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah, Spiral, the Book of Saw, and then May twenty eighth is Cruella, Fast and Furious nine, and Infinite. So those are three big movies. Um, and then we have, and then June eleventh is Ghostbusters Afterlife. So that's yeah, kind of it's a, good. Give me Ghostbusters. That's, that's kind of a big deal, though. You know, <laughs> give the me in- June, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> the Infinite movie is uh, Antoine Fuqua directed it, and it's Mark Wahlberg. So it's definitely a big deal. I, I've seen a trailer, and she will tell Ezio for. I've seen a trailer for life. Yeah, yeah. A, a man discovers that his hallucinations are actually visions from past lives. That's the IMDb description. So, but that'll be a big deal when it comes out. Um, uh, Pixar's Luca and In the Heights, both mentioned for Disney Plus, are now not. Wait, wasn't In the Heights mentioned for Disney Plus? Wasn't that talked about? Well, maybe I'm wrong about that. Mm. I may be wrong, but I, I know that Pixar's Luca was the next Pixar movie. Have 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 you noticed how little you know about that movie? I don't know anything about most Pixar's until like they give you all of the stuff. Yeah, I just think it's weird that we don't know anything about that. I mean, uh, they don't tease you... much. They they'll show you like a three second thing of a storyboard, and they'll be like, "Figure it out," <laughs> and then you get a full trailer. <laughs> June June twenty fifth, Venom. Let there be carnage. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at some big ones. July second is Top Gun Maverick. Uh, July 9th, another another Purge movie. Why? Yeah, good. No, so here's the, no. hold on, hold on. All right, all right. Real short thing about me and The Purge. So, first I thought I wouldn't like these movies at all. I kind of understand the concept. Most of these Purge movies have been at least watchable. Up until what I thought the last one was the first Purge, where they, they did it. It's like a, a prequel, yeah. Yeah, the prequel. Other than that, I thought most of the other ones were okay. And they can't cost that much money to make. So, yeah. keep giving me. And then I'll... That's but that's also like right in right in the COVID playbook is like you find cheap movies that you can make quickly. Perfect. You know? They've, and they've done the weird thing where they they've like kind of connected some of those movies together, right? Yes. So I mean, you know, I don't know. Oh no, they they they've all been connected. That's what I, yeah. I mean. If there's one cool thing about the purge movies is they've all been connected. So well actually cool. I think I think in the last one, the first purge, I think they missed a real opportunity to connect somebody that had been in all the other ones and didn't. Oh, because that's right. We, we talked that they, about that in our show. Yeah. yeah, the guy that they capture that ends up in their house in the first one mm-hmm. is part of the second one. I was like, if they put him in the first purge as somebody who was there when they did the test purge, 
Like, and that was his hometown. Like, what a callback that could have been. And yeah. they didn't do it. Yep. Like, that was a layup. <laughs> God yeah. damn you people. Easy layup, too. Okay, July 16th, we have Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, and Uncharted. I'm really worried about the Uncharted movie. I just, I think it's, I just, the more I read about the production diaries, the more I'm like, God, this movie's going to I mean, it was in production hell long enough where Mark Wahlberg went from being the star of Nathan Drake to, to Sully. Sully, the old yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But let's be honest, I hope they somehow give him a wicked mustache, because Sully always had a wicked mustache. Like a wicked awesome mustache. So All mustaches are awesome. Except yours, it's a terrible one. Yeah, because I can't grow... You know what? Screw you, man. I can't grow facial hair, alright? We're, we're, we're done. We're done. Alright. And then August 6th... No, sorry, July 30th, the Jungle Cruise is back. August 6th, Hotel Transylvania 4 and the Suicide Squad. Um, let's look at... The, oh, I guess... In a way, the hitman's wife's bodyguard, somewhat big, like big a deal, right? Or am, am I wrong about that? The hitman's bodyguard's a decent movie. Now, the hitman's bodyguard wife, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be decent. I actually really like the hitman's bodyguard. Um, so we'll see about that one. It's got someone. It's got Samuel Jackson. It looks like and Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Frank Grillo, Samson Hayek. Yeah. All right, Roger, you're gonna love this next few. Just bear with me. So September 3rd, Jackass 4. Yes, good. September seventeenth. Thing about when they started filming Jackass Four, within three days that Steve O and Johnny Knoxville were both in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend. There's like a, there's like a one of the Jackass movies has one of the special features. You can find it on uh, YouTube where Knoxville and Steve O, and I think one of the other guys, they talk about and like in in earnest talk about in an interview like how broken their bodies are because of Jackass, and I just think it's a wonderful. Because they they like really dig into like oh man my you know they talk about all the terrible stuff it's happening yeah what stunts broke which bones and which bones didn't heal correctly I'm just like I find that fascinating because like that's what you know them for is doing stupid things and getting paid for it you know what I mean like that's yeah. all right um, as I promised you will love Death on the Nile moved to September seventh no nope. and then Roger October first what do you what do you keep saying cowards give to me now Dune. Dune, October 1st, 2021. If, it's, if they're holding it all the way to October, just put it back on Christmas. And 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 unlike the other HBO movies, this one does not say HBO Max. We'll see. No, I I bet you, man, I have more respect for, for Villeneuve than that. I, if, if that one goes on HBO Max, I kind of lose respect for him. And, and he's well, more he, powerful than HBO. Here's the thing. No, he's not. Yeah, yeah, fine. He's more powerful than HBO. Okay, fine. Let me. Okay, okay. Just hold on a second. Let me hear him. Hear, hear me out. If him and Nolan both go to HBO and say, you know what? If you do this to us again, we're we're going to go to a different. We're done with it with Warner Brothers. They will absolutely do anything they can to appease. Those are the two two of the biggest directors alive right now. You know, I mean, I would imagine that those two directors, if they wanted to, would get what they wanted. Mm, I don't know, man. It's not their call. Yeah, but well, so, fine. But as as avid as avid as you were for saying there's there's no way that one thing I just said made you kind of question maybe they I mean, are maybe they're not. You are literally the person who just said he's bigger than HBO. So be quiet. I mean, I, fine. You want to fine? I I still I do not retract my statement. Okay, but we don't know how much that if and if at all. But we don't know how much compensation was given to all these to everyone involved in these movies when. You know they decide to put these on HBO because they have people have to get paid for the work they've signed up for. So does it matter to them either way where this goes if they get the money they were you know they were told they were going to make? 
Like, well, like how how much do they actually care if these if this is a theater only release? Because Warner Brothers has to pay everyone for what they're doing. Still. No, 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 no. Warner. I mean, no. Everyone's been paid. I mean, the contracts have been paid. the The obligation contracts have been paid. The only thing they care about is the only thing people like Villeneuve and um and I I, I might not be saying his name right, but and uh, Nolan or care about is if I mean now we've talked about this a million times. They're part of the old guard. They absolutely do not want movie theaters to die. And a little bit of the story I have coming up after the releases is more it sheds a little more light on that. But let's finish the releases. Does anyone care? Or actually, Roger, you surprisingly really enjoyed the first Adams Family movie, didn't you? They I had, mean, the animated one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was yeah, it was more than serviceable for a cartoon version of the Adams Family. Well, that and Morbius, the Jared Leto movie, is they're both on October 8th. And October 15th, Halloween Kills is finally back. And October 22nd, Snake Eyes, G.I. <laughs> Joe Origins. I can't imagine how much of a dumpster fire that's going to be. But um, I'm that's one thing I don't understand. Henry, Henry, Henry Golding, Samara Weaving are the two big names in that. I can't understand why. I mean, at least they're legitimate stars. That's true. Um, November 5, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yes, good. Eternals will be huge. Yeah. I sure hope so. Oh, and November 19th, MI7 and King Richard, which I hope – that's Will Smith, John Bernthal. I really hope Dylan McDermott – I really hope that movie makes somewhat of an impact. Um, I've really been kind of following that one a little bit. And then for Wednesday, Thanksgiving week, Encanto, which is a Disney – Canto, so, the Pokemon story. Like yeah, oh, give it to me. And Canto, and Canto, and Canto. Boom, boom. And then still for now, December twenty twenty one. I know we're far <laughs> away, but West Side, West Side Story, Spider Man three, uh, The Matrix four, and The Nightingale. So I mean, those are those are we got a pretty big back end of twenty twenty one action packed. Spider Man. So, Wait, Spider Man is not coming out on Fourth of July. No. That one, that one's going. Spider Man always comes out on Fourth of July. I mean, well, this one is slated for December seventeenth. Maybe it's a placeholder, but if it's a placeholder, it wouldn't be like I figured it would be like December thirty first or something. Weird. Um, yeah, I I I agree with you. That's that's a little odd, but um, I mean, not too altogether unsurprising. But all right, so let's talk about a little bit of news. So I've been doing some research, and a lot of a lot of big distributors. Uh, that handle movie distribution rights have said we're done. <laughs> We've lost so much money during COVID. We can't. We cannot keep these losses up and main and stay in the red. So there's a lot of huge movies dis- distribute distribution houses that are going away. So what does that mean? You think for for the long long term of theaters? Well, that I don't. Can't, that can't be good. Well, here's the thing. I think if movie distribution places are having trouble with money right now, it's their own fault. Because all these people that are holding out and be like, we got to get movies back, we got to get movies back, you got to give that fight up, right? If you can dump it on VOD and get some money out of it instead of holding it and just hemorrhaging millions of dollars. Also, I understand everybody's like, I want this movie released in movie theaters. I get that. Like, we might be another year away from that. Legitimately. See, I don't know. Okay, so one one interesting thing I wanted to bring up actually was when I was looking at. Now I I understand you go to Netflix. You, I mean, if you're on the if you're on Netflix streaming service, you might be you know tempted to watch Netflix things. But on the popular on Netflix, one, two, three, six, 
and nine are all Netflix. And then sure. when, you, when you when you go down to top ten in U.S. today, Netflix one two one two three four and five are all Netflix exclusives. Of course they are. Well, here's the thing: Netflix isn't picking up other people's garbage right now. Not until Netflix. Is not, well, the yeah. thing is, they don't have to. They can be like, "Yeah, we'll buy your movie. We'll give you X amount of dollars for it." People are like, "No, no, no. That's that's not enough money." They'd be like, "All right, cool. Peace. We got our own stuff." Yeah, I mean, that's what. But it's interesting to see the shift because, like, I mean, when everyone when Netflix first started, everyone's like, "There's not. That's not going to destroy theaters." And I mean, it took the pandemic to do it. But now, question is, did did the pandemic did the pandemic add did you just quicken it or did the pandemic do it? It probably quickened it. I think quick. I don't think it did it, but it quickened it. Which, see, I don't understand. I just I think about this a lot, like several hours a day, every day. Is how are movie theaters going to survive? I know we've talked about this at length. I don't want to get into it, but I just I can't see unless the movie theaters just like come out and say, you know, you know what, AMC's like, you know, you know what, from here on out, everything you watch is five dollars. Concession remains at what it was, but every movie ticket is five dollars, no matter maybe. where you, maybe no matter where you are in the U.S. It's five dollars. You think but, that would at least prompt people to come? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that makes any difference right now at all. It doesn't. I don't think the pricing of movie theater is what's causing people not to go to movie theaters right now. I think the state of the of the world of the country is the only thing that stops people. From oh going. no, I'm talking about post post COVID or after we're out of this pandemic, like when we start to rebuild the movie. Like, is it should? I mean, I'm asking. Would you think it's a good move for them to act weak right off the right off the bat and say five dollars, no matter which one to watch is five dollars, or just stay strong and just keep pricing the way it was? I mean, our local AMC was just five bucks beforehand. I mean, were they going to raise the price afterwards? No, no, no. no, no. I'm, I'm talking about like Chicago, where it's seventeen dollars, Los Angeles, where it's seventeen dollars to watch. That's a lot of money, especially when minimum wage isn't even worth one movie ticket. No, it's seven twenty-five. <laughs> Thank well, you. Federal, federal minimum wage, but I mean, like minimum wage in like Los Angeles is fifteen dollars. So, but they do have an, see, they don't have enough for one movie ticket. Like they can't even, with one hour of work, you can't buy a movie ticket. It seems like it's too much. Well, yeah, but so like what I was getting at, you know, a second ago with you know with the way things are now is when things open back up though, people that want to go to movies are going to go to movies. I don't think they're going to care how much it costs. I don't think you're going to bring a whole bunch of extra people in by keeping prices low. People that haven't been going because of the state of the way things are, they're you know, and that's the only reason why they haven't gone. They're going to go pay your fifteen dollars, you know, a ticket or twelve dollars ticket or whatever. You know, they're going to pay that because they they've been waiting. They want to go see it. The ones that don't want to pay that much money, they weren't going to begin with. You know, even when things were good. So I think once things are open and running at full, you know, once we're past all of this, if there's movie theaters left. You know, people are going to go that want to go to the movies, and they're going to pay what the ticket prices cost. It, it's not going to be something that stops. Yeah, but that, that 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 whole pool is going to be so much smaller, though. That's what I'm. That's what I think is actually happening now. Is you're, the you're pool is up. getting your $5, smaller? Your five dollar ticket isn't going to make that pool bigger. Nope. I don't okay. Well, that. that that was my question. Is what you just answered it, so it's not going to make the pool any bigger. I don't no. think so. It was like Chris's point is pricing of the movies doesn't matter. It's the state of the world that matters right now. Yeah. That's so, fair. I mean, until things are back to normal, I mean, you're never going to get a full accurate run, which is why they keep pushing these movies. Go ahead, push them. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, but don't be surprised when people are like, "Well, they pushed that movie six times. I don't care about it anymore." And, and like, and like, I was thinking about it the other day. You know, like the movie coming on VOD and the way we think about it, and like movies are supposed to be. Supposed to be like how you want to see certain movies in movie theaters. I think it's in their best interest to keep pumping these out and put them on VOD because 
because you're going to get that that reaction from people is like, man, I wish I could have seen that in theaters. Man, I wish that would have been in theaters, or that would have been such a great theater movie. And I think when things open back up and you get your, these these movies back in theaters, people are going to remember those moments when they when they're going to think, man, you know, you know this movie's going to be in theaters. I've, I've been watching all these good movies at home. I cannot wait to go to the theater and see this movie. I think that's actually going to help them more than it's hurt them to hold them all back. Or, okay, okay, that's that's fair. You know, one company who doesn't care about movie distribution rights at all is Netflix. Sure. They don't care. No, they don't, no, Every original thing we make that's a blockbuster, I want you to watch it at your house. Yeah. Hell, that's the only way you're going to be able to watch it. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they're serious about it. They don't care. Yeah. Listen, yeah. we're going to keep pumping out stuff every week. Literally, they run like what twelve new movies a, a week right now. Seems like it, yeah, yeah. Come on, they don't care, and yeah, listen, really that's not cheap. Nope. And they don't, they don't get a single box office return dollar for it. They gotta, have, they, they, they got, they have to have so much money. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like to see their financials would be, would be just, especially for breathtaking. Like, so some, like, for someone like you, Grayson, who's kind of like embedded in that, in, in that a little bit, what would you like? Would you be interested to see what their financials look like? Of course I would. Like, I mean, like, only because like I I, I want to know how they quantify a yeah, release, how right? they put, how they put that in, into dollar signs, yeah, the numbers involved in there, and like what they actually have to be bringing in compared to what they're actually putting out, and to stay profitable. Man, I'd, I'd, I'd even I'd be interested to see what that looks. Like. Stay vastly profitable. Oh, yeah. profitable. You know, one one thing I will say, and this is we probably should move on after this, but one thing I will say is, I think without the the, the Chinese market newly entering, like the like. A billions of people able to go watch things over there. I think movie theaters would be in a way worse position right now if it wasn't for the, the Asian market that just opened up recently in the past of a couple of years. Oh yeah, I, I I think AMC would have thrown in the towel, or these these big theater houses would have thrown in the towel if not for that. They're like, no, no, no. If we just hold out, then these movies are going to make so much money overseas. Again, we'll we'll recoup some of our losses. But again, I don't know what theater does AMC even have overseas theaters. Oh. Hmm. There's probably some to research. Hmm. All right, let's move on from this. I mean, we've we've gone over that a million times. So let's talk about some trailers. Let's uh, talk about Run, Hide, Fight. This is one that I actually kind of I like these kind of films. I don't want to be like weird and morose about it, but I kind of this is like a a whole Columbine type. It's not Columbine, but it's a Columbine type. Well, yeah. So school shooting. Yeah. So the, yeah. Uh, the the four assailants that's in this trailer, their their goal is to be is to be the biggest uh, high school high school lockdown heist uh, like uh, active shooter situation in history, inspired by Columbine, which is absolutely making a political statement. But I mean, I don't want to get into that. But I mean, Chris, you said it best about Hollywood and and you know the response. I mean, I, I think that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. You said it before we started shooting, but um, what do you guys think about this movie overall? Like. First of all, okay, so it comes. It's it's kind of a decent cast. It, um, January fourteenth, twenty twenty one, but it's not on a streaming service per se. Chris, where did you say it was? I, I, I this is going to be. I think this was paid for and produced by uh, a private company called The Daily Wire. So that won't be as widely available. But mm-hmm. Thomas Jane, Rada Mitchell, Isabel May. Thomas Jane and Rodham Mitchell are names that everyone knows. Yeah. Like, there's no one like, oh, I don't know, what, what, what was he in? Like, I'm pretty sure you know Thomas Jane and Rodham Mitchell. She was in a ton of stuff. So those are some pretty big names. Uh, even Treat Williams. He's, I, I love Treat Williams. Um, 
but what do you what's your guys just overall take from this your your, well, your takeaway from the trailer so the trailer itself so like we've seen worse trailers right is, is what my opinion on that is right away is that you know we've seen worse trailers in front of us so it's a little bit hopeful there Valor doesn't seem terrible and uh it, it, it i don't know like i'm not i'm hopeful for like what this movie you know might be entertaining for like you know on the whole spectrum of i hope it doesn't suck so, but we'll see what happens to this movie as it get because I think it just released like a, a couple days ago. We're gonna see critic reviews. I'm predicting those are gonna be super negative. Audience reviews will be, you know, I think they're gonna be super high because the way this is being distributed, the people that want to see this are people that follow like you know like the, the site that is distributing this, and then the critics are gonna seek it out so they can review it. So I bet we see a big disparity in what we and what we're gonna see play out here. Wait, what, what, what do you think, Roger? Well, I have no doubt it's going to get speared um, for, for its uh, critical acclaim. I'm sure it's, no matter what, it's not going to be that loved by a bunch of movie critics. But, I mean, I think the distribution idea is interesting. So, I'll see. I, I can't see how that could be any more profitable than Netflix. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we talk about how do you distribute movies between Hulu and Netflix and Amazon. Well, I mean, nobody's like, just put on a website. Yeah, let's see what happens there. <laughs> let's release a movie on an ultra conservative mm-hmm. website. Yeah, well, it, also it, a bold choice. But well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the slant they're looking for for this mm-hmm. kind of movie. So if it draws people to them, good for them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I mean, I, I'm like I said, I like these types of like kind of a, a really disaster situation just to see how it's going to play out because there's. There's a built-in statement you're trying to make anyway, and I'm always curious to see what that statement is. I will say that this movie could go super cheesy at the end. Oh, I bet it plays out, but it probably does. But I don't know. It seems like it'll be entertaining enough. It it, it might be a hard watch for some people though, too. Uh, Oh, I'm sure for a subsect of people, it will. Hold on. Well, listen, I kind of have this movie pegged out. Okay. Either it's really like spot-on, gritty, and emotional, or it's over-the-top cheesy and bad. That's fair. You, yeah. you understand what I mean? Yep. Like you might get some real like actiony moments, and then some like somebody's going to throwing terrible one liners. <laughs> like I, I have that feeling. What What do you think is a terrible one liner is going to come in this one? Uh, I mean, all somebody has to do is get killed and be like, "Tell them I sent you to hell," or something. <laughs> like some <laughs> shit like that. Like that. That's awful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah right, it's bad. bad. All right, let's talk about Bliss with my friend Owen Wilson, directed by Mike Cahill. Owen Wilson, Selma wow. Hayek, Madeline Zima. Uh, what do you guys think about this one? This is a little weird. Wait, what are you laughing at? Chris leaned over. He's like, I always hated your school lunches. And then meme pulling a trigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, let's get into Bliss. We're in, we're into Bliss now. Wow. 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 Owen Wilson, this is a different role for him. And that's why I like this one. There was one a few years ago, too, where he was... Do you remember it, Roger? I don't think we talked about it, but he was uh, on vacation, him and his family. And then, like, I think it was... I don't remember where they were, but then, like, Pierce Brosnan's in it, and he's a CIA operator that's trying wow. to get him out. Cars 2? No, yes, that's exactly the one. Cars 3. Um, <laughs> good, <laughs> both of those good guesses. No, you idiot. Wow. 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 All right. Can we move on from that wow? No. <laughs> What was that called? Oh, it was called No Escape. That's wow. what it was. That's what it was. No Escape. Yep. Him and his family were trapped. All right. Um, I I don't know how I feel about this, only because I don't feel like this is a movie that I would ever see Owen Wilson in. 
Well, so I I said to uh, to Roger after watching the trailer was you know I haven't seen Owen Wilson forever, and he he also made a comment that you know now he's in a whole bunch of stuff, but this is a different take for him, you know, in my opinion. I think the most serious role I ever remember him being in is what behind enemy lines. And then his career. I love behind the I do too. It's it's one of like the like it's it's a, it's an oldie but a goodie I think, and it doesn't it's age cheesy. Terribly. It's cheesy bad. It too, and though. speaking of cheesy bad, you, you you know what he just just got announced. You're gonna love this one, Shanghai Shanghai Dawn. Good, yes. perfect. Yes. I yes. love this movie. Hutch two, and I'm here for that. Like legitimately, yeah. I'm here for that. I loved I love the those those um. Shanghai oh my god! Movies. How old is Jackie Chan now? He's got to be up there. Let's find out. Oh, two hundred. I bet you he's two hundred years old. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's impossible. So, um, it's not. Oh. There's lots of things. Jackie two hundred years old. Anything? Nothing is impossible. He was born in fifty four, so he's not as old as I thought he was. Jesus, he's he's seventy years old, but he's still doing action movies. Like that's crazy. Oh, that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Can't call I mean, well, here's the thing. Liam Neeson ain't, is not doing a bunch of physical, like, karate work. You know, in this next movie, I bet there's a lot of gunplay. All right. right? Well, I, I can believe that. That's fair. All right, well, in Rush yeah. Hour 4 is, is announced, and you 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 bet your butt he's going to be doing some some jumping and some, you know, Jackie Chan. That's the thing in Rush Hour. He's doing some Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah, that's his thing. So, I mean. Wow. I would like to say wow. the original Rush Hour is like one of my favorite movies. Because it's excellent. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really those, is. Are, those are all pretty good, though. I love the Rush Hour. Uh, I don't know about those. Rush Hour three is not very good. Well, but the but the second one's good. But second like, without Rush Hour, does does uh who's the who's the Chris Tucker? Tucker? Chris Tucker. Does Chris Tucker have a career without without Rush Hour? He doesn't really have a career now. If that matters to you. <laughs> <laughs> so after Rush Hour three, the answer to that is. No, but he was pretty funny in those. I mean, movies. he was in Friday, one of the yeah. one of the most influential movies of all time. True, for like, sure. There was how many? How many? There were Friday, next Friday, Friday. There's like next. three or four of them. Yeah, I, I, I mean, those are really funny. like two. Those are only those are really funny though. I gotta admit, those are pretty funny. Yeah, Debo just died like recently. Covid oh, got him. Covid Debo. Got Debo. Oh my! God. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. 100%. Oh my goodness, that's that's, that's terrible. COVID, you've overstayed your welcome. It's time for you to go, my friend. Time for you to Taking go. Taking out icons like Debo. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Debo the one that threw the remote over in Dark Knight? Wasn't that yes. Debo? Yes, on, they on threw the ship? The He's he like, was juice in that terrible Hulk Hogan movie. Yeah, the he was. Part. Wait, what? Yeah. what? was a shit piece <laughs> it was awful what line did he give when he was in when he takes the remote from them he's like i'm gonna do what you should have did 10 hours ago or so 10 minutes ago yeah and just he fires throw, it out the window he throws it out the window yeah that's great I'm like, Devo. Uh, all right well we're excited for that i'm excited for the i just want to see how he does i you know i like Owen wilson he's, he's one of my favorites so i just want to see how he does i mean it's gonna be a different type of mood for him yeah. so Seems I just hope it doesn't suck. Seems interesting. Some of the Shocking dialogue in the trailer kind of scared me, but seems interesting enough. What? Just hope it doesn't suck. All right. What's streaming? We have it HBO Max today. Uh, check out – if you have HBO Max. Oh, Palm Springs. Palm Springs on Hulu. It's, it's, all right. Underwater uh, director William Eubank, Kristen Stewart, Vincent Castle. You like that? At the, well, it's, it's, it wasn't terrible. I That's you my thing. It came out about a year ago. TJ Miller, it came out early 2020, just before the pandemic. A deep sea drilling team tries to make their way to the surface uh, when their lab at the bottom of the ocean floor is compromised. But the whole thing, like, 
it sounds like legitimate. By the end of the movie, there's some weird Pacific Rim things. Remember, there's like this giant alien. Yeah, there's some, something there. Super weird. But I mean, it was, for what it was, it wasn't terrible. It's a know? very watchable movie. It is indeed. Listen, Hacks- I want you to think about it. I just want you to watch it. Yeah. Hacksaw Ridge, directed by Mel Gibson, Andrew Garfield, Sam Worthington, Vince Vaughn, Teresa Palmer, Luke Bracey, Hugo Weaving, Rachel Griffith. The story of World War II medic Desmond Doss, the famous conscientious objector, serves in the bloody battle of Okinawa. It's a true story. It came out in 2016. That was up for best picture. So if you missed that one, you can check that one out as well. Not and, exactly a fun family film either. No, but it's it's good though, man. It's yes, good. Yes, of course it is. That's the thing. And then The Blind Side, director John Lee Hancock, Quentin Aaron, Sandra Bullock, Tim McGraw, Lily Collins, Kathy Bates. The story of Michael Orr, the now All-American NFL linebacker. This is a 2009 film that tells the story of when he was a young and homeless kid. Um, that was a big deal when that movie came out. That was in theaters for a long time. I have a love-hate relationship with that movie. Now, that, I've seen I watched it that. a couple of times and I was okay with it. Now I'm just like, this movie's not great. I disagree. I think it's a good – I think it's an Oscar-worthy film. I just – I don't know if it's – because – wait, that came out. You weren't – you were still at Marquee when that came out. That came yeah, out I was there. Yeah. Um, that was a big deal. Do you remember how big of a deal that movie was? Yeah, like it was a huge out. deal. Night after night, and it was a big, enormous deal. And I remember everyone like, that's it, best picture. I'm like, um, maybe for a few things, I don't think it's going to be best picture. And, and it didn't, didn't turn out to be. But it was a big deal. So if you missed that one and you're, you know, you're a fan of football, again, it's been 11 years since that movie came out. So it's easy that if you're young enough and you love football and you know Michael Orr, check it out. You could have been off your radar. But if you have HBO, it's on your radar now. All right. Let's talk about some movies. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about crippling depression. <laughs> Let's, okay, you gotta stop saying that. People are gonna tune out. Okay, so we have Pieces of a Woman and Uncle Frank. Which one do you? Let's start with. Let's finish with Uncle Frank because that movie doesn't end horribly. It's not as sad oh, as the God. other movies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do Pieces of a Woman. Oh man, yeah, I I get your 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 sigh. Right? I I get it. Directed by Cornell. Mundrus and and there's the, here's the thing about pieces of woman. I did a little bit of digging into this. Um, uh, first, Vanessa Kirby, uh, Shia LaBeouf, Ellen Burstyn. Um, this is <clears throat> it's a tough movie to watch. Yes. What it is is I'm gonna it's I don't I've tr- I'm gonna read the IMDb description because I feel like that does it more justice than me describing it. But when a young woman. When, when a young woman's mother's home birth ends in unfathomable tragedy, she begins a year-long odyssey of mourning that fractured relationship with loved ones in this deeply personal story of a woman learning to live alongside her loss. Now, if you say to yourself, why would they make that? You're, you're right. It is. But the director and the writer, they went through a very similar situation together. I think I read in one of them. I was doing a little bit of digging. And that makes the movie a little better for me only because like it's if it is a true story it's it's a powerful one um it's a powerful one that is going to be with me for a while now what i can't figure out is if it's going to be with me for a while because of some of those some of those really raw and real like for instance that scene of the home birth is 30 it's almost 30 minutes long and there's no cuts there's yeah there's 25 minutes into that movie before you see the title. Yeah. Like, and it, legitimately. 
Like it but just starts and goes. I, I thought it was brilliant though, but it's called, here's the thing that kills me is, and I noticed this right off the bat, it's called Pieces of a Woman, but we open on Shia. We open on Sean. This movie's Shia heavy for a while. It is. No, it I, is. I, I don't think this is a first person show. No, no, it's not. It's not. But so we, we, we start with Sean, who is, again, one of those shots is actually kind of cool. Now, Chris, I think you'd appreciate this because it's got a lot to do with some fancy camera work, mm-hmm. how it's like weaving in and out of a construction zone, building a bridge. Now, the, the, the bridge is incredibly them- thematically important. But like he's, you know, it, it's like three or four minutes of him walking along the bridge, like barking orders at people. Obviously, he's in some sort of supervisorial role and he's given orders and then he takes off to go home to his home birth, to what he... No, he takes off to go get the, get the, get the, get the car, but then they're very close to giving birth. Yes. And then we, cut, then we cut to the car, and then you learn that there's trouble that he doesn't necessarily like her mother. Her mother bought them a car. He could have done it. He, you know, he kind of likes standoffish about that. And then we come to the home birth, which is, man, that's a tough one to watch. I yeah. don't – and look, Vanessa Kirby is – this is a Vanessa Kirby movie. Um, she sure. is as powerful as anyone we've seen this year. I think Vanessa Kirby just steals the show and everything she's in in this one. And what's interesting because she was in, she she was a badass in Hobbs and Shaw, wasn't she? Isn't she? Yeah, she, absolutely. Hobbs, she's Hobbs's sister. So we've, we've, we've seen she's Vanessa, Shaw's sister. Shaw, Shaw, sorry, Shaw. We've seen Shaw. her. We've seen her as a bad, like as a, as the peak badass woman. Now we've also seen her as the most vulnerable woman ever. So it's interesting that we've seen both sides of her as, as an actress. That's kind of a cool thing to have on your resume. You know, I mean, it's in the home. So Roger, why don't you tell us about the home birth? Thing? Oh man. So, I mean, it's this pulls no punches version of a home birth. Um, they decide that they're going to have the midwife come. They find out that their midwife is already with somebody giving birth. So they call their alternate midwife, which is apparently a thing. Um, <laughs> the backup. The backup midwife, which I mean, I guess it's true. You have backup doctors for that stuff. Too, so yeah, I get it. Um, but yeah, it's 30 minutes or 25, 30 minutes or so of them going through the stages of her contractions to in the water to relax, to... You know, checking for heartbeats and giving birth, ultimately giving birth and the terribleness that happens immediately after that. So, yeah, it's brutal, absolutely brutal and real as hell. Yeah, absolutely real as hell. Like I didn't I didn't think any of that was I didn't think anybody took any liberties with that. It's I think as real of a study into how this would go. As it would go. Yeah, because like Grayson, you mentioned that like, you know, you did some digging and if this is a true story, it does a little more for you. This is some this is more than one person's true story somewhere. Mm. You know, this, of, of, of course, of course. Yeah, there are people that have that have lived this and through this through this venue, we've now been a part of you know, that 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 version of tragedy. And it's it's a rough beginning of this movie. This whole movie's rough. This is rough. I yeah. would just like to say, and this is a uh, incoming uh Cussing warning. Fuck this movie. Well, why? Chris? why? <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. How many times did you cry, Chris? Uh, I'm not a crier, and I cried twice in this movie. 
I'm not here. Okay, so this is not a movie. This is not a date movie. This is not a movie you just casually throw on to fall asleep to. This is not a date movie. <laughs> I know that you led with that. Yeah, yeah guys, when, when you're when you're turning on some Netflix and chill, this is read <laughs> the description. Do not you just toss off film. pieces of a woman. Well, I, I I feel like some people might see Shia LaBeouf and like, oh, it's got to be some pulpy action movie, right? Uh, <laughs> no. Um. Well, see, that's also the beauty of. Um, I mean, I, if there's one good thing for me, at least to come out of COVID, it's I've never gone into a movie without knowing what it is. And, you know, so many of this past year, how many movies have we watched where we didn't have we didn't see a trailer? We knew nothing about it going going into it. Like, that's interesting, right? It's yes. Neither. OK, both these movies this week, Peace of Woman and Uncle Frank. I had no idea what either one was about. And I've been intentionally going into a lot of these movies without watching any trailers. Nothing. Only because. I think it's it's probably never going to happen again. So I want to take it in while I, while I can. So I just I find that interesting too. This movie went and this movie was very different than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I will there say are, that there are so many there's so many good performances in this movie. It's not it, it's. I mean, I think this is Shia LaBeouf's best best role. Like this is the best he's been in my opinion. That's I, I like I like him. That's a bold statement. That yeah, that's yeah, a bold statement. Have you ever watched Peanut Butter Falcon? Oh, yeah, I watched that video. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if he's better in this movie than that, but I'd say they're on the same level. Yeah. I don't know. The the, the performances here are just so emotional. Well, right? it's like, just gritty, this, man. This, this is just rough. This kind of thing sticks with an actor, right? You know what I mean? This is a tough one, I think. And um, I would also put up there. Role. I would also put up there. Um, a fury, as his, yeah. he's by Bible with that move, but like. The few times that he has the camera on him in Bible or in Fury as Bible, he's good. Like he commands presence when he's talking in a World War II movie about tank battles. You know what I mean? Like with Brad Pitt, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brad Pitt, John, John Bernthal, like a host of people. Um, but like, see, I don't. I'm not in quite. Sure. Jackson. <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure. I oh yeah, Logan Lerman. I'm not quite sure. I get the whole Shia LaBeouf sucks. You know, Twitter hash. There are a lot of he's, people who, he's just crazy. He's just like that's the thing. He's a weirdo. He's a weird dude. <laughs> but, like, but I don't understand how you can let that seep into like his performances. Though. Well, that depends on how weird. Listen, no one's ever criticized his overall performance stuff. He's still a good actor. He was just so weird for a while that people wouldn't hire him to do anything. That's so an impact weird. on your career. Yeah, it is. But like, let's talk about Shia in this movie for just a second, and then we'll get back to the actual movie here. Right. So for the first. I'd probably say half of this movie, maybe a little bit more. This is as much a Shia movie as it is a Vanessa Kirby movie. Is that fair to say? I, I agree. Yeah. Um, because, listen, after after everything comes to a head, and you know you don't have to really read between the lines for a spoiler here, um, after the awfulest thing can happen to a set of parents happens um, – you know, the next couple of weeks, you know, skip forward by which is thematically they build a little bridge a little bit, yep. which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he's crying to her outside the door in the bathroom, dude, that's brutal. Somehow, that was part two, somehow, that's that is terrible. 
as the death of the baby. Yeah, oh I would. God, I really. That's one thing. He's I'm, I'm glad you, his eyes out. I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of those moments that, like, <clears throat> as shy as an actor, I would like. That's one of the shy moments that I'm going to remember forever. Oh my like, god! Like, like he's doing that rocking motion back and forth. Because you know, he can't control head, himself. Head on the wall. I've done that rocking motion. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this movie hits so hard. Mm. This is like I said. <laughs> oh. This is this is somebody's terrible tragedy, and we're watching it play out. Man, but there's but there's some but there's something in that like there's something in putting someone's tragedy for like that's art. Yes, like, I hundred percent believe that. That's why. So I did a little more. This, this movie. This movie's hard to watch. This is a beautiful movie, man. Movie. Well, that's that's like, a real good movie. I did a little more digging, and people oh, are pretty. <laughs> I can't stress pieces, that. Pieces of a woman. Pieces of a woman has um, a lot of like people are were pretty upset. This movie was. They're saying, "Why are you doing this?" Mm. Well, I mean, I, 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 we see movies all the time that deal with dark side of things like addiction, suicide, stuff like that. This is one that people don't talk about too much. Listen, this is as brutal as those other things, and can be worse. I mean, legitimately, can be worse. I mean, we see movies about cancer, AIDS. Brain tumors. Why not death? I mean, why not bring in infant death? Well, here, like there's here. there's stories to be told there, yeah. and it's it, it makes for great cinema and a really hard thing to watch on TV. Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes for great, especially if you have people that know what they're doing, and the people that were creatively responsible for this went through this tragedy themselves. And I look, I there's something there. You know, you there's some magic there to tell. But well, for do you guys remember when the um. The prosecutor stood up and he says, "I want to start by saying I'm very sorry for your loss." Yeah, and then and then he just lays into her because that's he's the, the defendant. That's, that's 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 how things happen, man. And 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 the that's camera cool. when he's like asking her questions and the camera we the cuts the 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 edit is on her. It doesn't cut away when they finally finished it, and you could see some tears coming. She's just just like devastated, yeah, yeah. Because like, and then I don't understand. I just. There's a part of me that doesn't understand why that would be allowed in a court. So that's a key point in the movie, I think, for a very specific reason. This is the first time she's actually faced what happened. She hasn't talked to anyone. She hasn't done anything to to, to heal. We're talking. This should have been year, months of therapy. So yeah, well, yeah months so like, of like therapy. That moment in the courtroom when she's re, when she's going over like the like what she felt with her kid, she's never uttered those words until that moment was on was while she was on trial which is why she goes which is why she finally faced it which is why she goes to get some pictures that's exactly why that happens it's for no other reason than she's finally faced it and it took that long that moment for it to happen well but see that's what's beautiful about it though is like that scene there is like that's the best part of the movie i think i mean is when she finally makes that realization that Whatever's done is done. I just want to move on from this. Well, you know, I mean, I always glossed over a large part of this movie, but listen, the the scene that follows up with that when they're back in the courtroom, and I'm not going to spoil what happens. This is the time that I cried during this movie when she gives her statement to everybody. Yeah, like, dude, oh my god, what a god punch that was! Yeah. But she told the truth, yep. and. It had to be liber had to have been liberating yeah. for her. Like you can see, like this weight leaves her, and it God 
damn it. <laughs> but that but that's a that's a testament to, to Vanessa Kirby though. Sure. Like that. Yeah. And like, well, most of this movie is a testament to her and Shia, especially. Yeah. And probably the crazy mom. Well, I mean, we glossed over that because, listen, mom has a real hard time with this because, yes, you would understand that the mom and the dad would have some of the hardest part about this, but this affects entire families. And what they say about mom, that she aged five years and three months, yeah, basically, yeah. like her hair turned white and she went crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't want to – how about that story she told about how she came into the world? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's another heavy scene too, and, and, a, and a great acted scene. Because well, well I, acted. Actually, I thought that was going to be going to be Kirby's like scene. Mm, it is not, especially with the trailer. Like, there's such a long shot on these actors while they're giving their monologues, and it's just it's it's huge. But by both of them, and then the scene right after that when uh, Mom goes and talks to Sh- to Sean. Holy crap! Another just. Powerful scene, heavy scene with a lot. Oh of- yeah, we're 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 like she basically tells him what he should do. Yeah, oh, let me let me. We keep saying powerful scene and great scene. Is there any part of this movie that's not strong? I mean, there's no. could could you look at this and be because listen, this movie's not overly long, but it's not short. It's 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 like two ten. Yeah, yeah, it's like two ten with the credits or whatever. Um, because of the thematic side of it it is it does feel a little bit longer because it is so emotionally intense but i can't look at this movie and be like if you didn't have this scene this would be better yeah you're like because everything is just punch 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 it's all there like the scene where she goes back to work yeah. and the guy's just at her desk he's like she's like my time off is up i need my desk back yeah you're just like <laughs> as she walks to the office and everybody just staring at her yep. Come on, man! That's awful. Well, you know, you know why that's, that's exactly wonderful. Exactly how it would be in real life. But you know, you know why that's wonderful though is because that that happens right after. Because you don't know if at that point you don't know what happened in the birthing. You don't know because that was that takes place right after the he runs out and the ambulance guys run in and then and then then we cut and then it says pieces of a woman and then and then we fast forward we see the bridge, so you don't know. That answers your question. Did the baby live or, or, or die? That answers the question because they're all looking at her like, "Oh man, what do we do? What do we say to her?" Like, you know what I mean? Like that's like, you say nothing to her. My goodness, I, maybe I, ever. Maybe mom, ever. mom's friend in the supermarket or whatever. Mm. Dude, I, well, see, I don't everything. There, then the awkward hug. There, oh. would, have, there would have been a death that day. Oh. <laughs> like just mm-mm. see, oh. but I don't. Let me ask you this, and this is the second part of my discussion is. As powerful as this stuff is, and it is powerful, does it translate to a well-told story? Yes, as far as, far as, as, far as filmmaking is concerned, <clears throat> does it translate? Yeah, I think so. Yes. I mean, I, I think this movie's incredible. I, I honestly, I do. I think it's great. I believe, and depressing. I believe I felt the range of things that they wanted me to feel, that they intended me to feel, and more. You know Ooh. what I mean? Which is great storytelling. And more. Okay. It's that's interesting. I didn't quite see it like that, but let's okay. This is where I think I don't want to. Ru- I don't want to talk about anymore because I want people to watch this movie. And, yes, you should watch this movie again. You have to know Listen, what you're going into. It's incredibly sad. Yeah, but it's still a good movie. But I want to rate it because I feel like we're going to be different on this one. Really? So, Why don't you go first then? All right. Okay, I'm going to go first. I think this is a six. Oof. I know, but this is the whole thing. This is this is the whole thing with me, though. And like I've been going over this and over this and over this for days in my head, like back and forth. I don't know. 
You just rated a seven something not too long ago. That's way worse than this. Um, it's it's powerful. I, I just I, I don't know if I'm see. I'm trying to like I've 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 watched the first thirty minutes of this movie like four times, trying to really dig into that opening home birthing scene because after that is when it says you know the the, the title pieces of a woman comes up, and I'm I I'm not as powerful as I want to say that is. I'm not quite sure it's as emotional as they wanted it to be. And I'm trying to separate emotion and power. You don't have kids. You don't get it. Oh, okay. You that, don't get it. That, that, that's a good point, though. That, that, you know, his perspective is... Yeah. Bit so me and Chris both have kids. And I'm pretty sure everybody, if you listen to this, know that by now. And as a parent, this is your worst nightmare. I felt so hard for them when in the first scene. Because uh, we, we said it earlier, kind of like you know a tease. There is a birth that happens here, and to to know that that happened, and to, you know to be a father, and like to th- what they were given for a moment, and then to have that all tore down after that—that that is oh my brutal. God. No, this brutal. Is, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll score it next, and this 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 is an eight point five for me. All right, all right. It's just like like I said, it made me feel all the things. That it wanted me to, and more. This is a, and the performances are so strong. This movie feels real. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess that means it's my turn. So I'm actually going to go a little bit more. Wow. I think it's a nine. Listen, this is one of the best movies we've watched in months, and I don't think it's even close. Like, there's nothing even in the realm of this. And there's going to be people like, I didn't like it because it was sad. That's a bullshit cop-out excuse. No, of course it is. Listen, you should be sad watching this movie. You are supposed to be sad. You are supposed to be invested in this. This movie is spectacular, okay? Because it will make you feel everything. Well, see, let me – you're supposed to. Let me – I agree with you. So let's look at the – since we've started recently is let's look at the tomato meter and the audience score. The tomato, so the tomato meter is at seventy five percent. The audience score is at eighty nine. So this, this, this might be a black spot on 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 my permanent record. Like as far as where we look back years from now, I'm like you gave it a six. Shut your mouth. It's okay. But, when Vanessa Kirby gets nominated for best actress, and you be which, like, I gave that movie a six. <laughs> <laughs> which, look, look, I fine, I get best there. supporting for this movie. Oh, of the two of them, she was way better than Shia was. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think she was better. Listen, this is, more of, this is more of her movie than his. Yes. But listen, he is as good as she is in this movie. 100%. I will hear no slander against him, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, fine. But she is a powerhouse, and I just think he's great. She, listen, I, I don't, and I'm, not, I'm not taking away from her at all. I think she Jessica is, Kirby's awesome. She is amazing in this movie. They both are. She has a bigger role, and she and this is more her movie than Shia's. But well, it is such a powerful performance by these two that I, I don't think one takes away from the other here. Right. I have one counter, one more thing to say that, about this, and we can move on. Without each one of them as good as they are, this movie isn't as good as it is. That's yeah, no, no, well, exactly. Agree. And same with Marriage Story too. Do you, do you remember that one? Yes, absolutely. I thought that. Listen, that movie's tough to watch too yeah. because that's about. Real life things that go on with divorce. That movie's every bit of a nine. Absolutely spectacular. Yeah, I mean, that was best depressing. picture nominee. Yeah, that one has a more fun ending, but <laughs> it's depressing. 
See, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna try to watch this movie again. In I, the next wanna, I don't want to do that. No, um, because there's, there's, there's one scene that I loved in particular too. Was the scene when when they like he tries to have sex with her again? Like they oh, kind yeah. of listen. They're they're awkward. That's a hard. Scene it's too. it's hard. It's a hard scene, but it's it's real. There's, that is real. There are so many different emotions in play in that scene that it and, and two very different people in very different places, and it's just hard. All right, so okay, so okay, let's. I think this is one of the bigger divides we've had, at least between me and Roger lately. Is sure, six or nine. It's fine. So I mean, I mean, one of us is right, and one of us is you. <laughs> so when you go to rewatch this one, Grayson, and I, sometime, and, sometime and, this week, and you and you rewatch the opening scene again, like uh, we talked about briefly about having subtitles on, and um, like watch it again and notice, like there's there's so there's small mistakes made by everyone involved. I think mean, that's the that's the biggest tragedy of this movie. Yeah, is this, is how how tragic the opening is, and how each person in it has a small role to play in how badly. How well, badly you see, I mean, I, I will say this before we move on: is there there is you know a, a, a significant portion of this movie is about whose fault and whose fault is this? Yeah, you sure. Know, people looking to place blame. I get that. Um, I I agree with at least what at least how the movie was presented to me as me watching it. If I, I mean. I agree with Kirby's statement in the end. I agree with what she says about. I mean, I don't know if I can't now, Rod. You guys both have kids. So let me just ask, ask you this: to put you guys in the same situation, um, do you put blame? No, on my life would have been an absolute train wreck. Yeah, yeah. sure. No, I, you, I, I, no, I no, 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 no. Do you put blame? Do you put blame on the midwife? It's so it's so hard to do from from the outside looking in because I mean my initial parental reaction would be yes of course someone yeah so like as a parent someone had like someone had like you and, it couldn't and, have been my fault and as a man you some you have to be able to blame somebody you have to be able to look at someone and say it's your it's your fault that my life is is wrecked right now ruined it's so hard. maybe irreparably irreparable terribly broken it would be so hard to try to move forward without someone to point at and say it's their fault all right okay 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 i i, I got gotcha. you it would be um, hard yeah i got you that's what also that was my little one of my questions so that's a tough one to watch so i hope you watch it because i mean look if it's a if, if it's a good movie on netflix it, anyone who's a cinephile really has no reason no excuse to not watch it. You know what I mean? Like uh, that's listen, what I'm coming across when I'm having. I, I want to be blunt with people. If you're not ready for what this movie is, you shouldn't watch it. Yeah. I mean, I want to premise this as much as you can. You're gonna do this movie's hard, and I don't want people to watch this after 30 minutes. And be like, I can't watch this because if you're that far in, you need to see this out. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's this movie isn't for everybody, and it won't be if you go on this opening ride. Like it's if you ride it out, it's there, man. Yeah, it's there. And it's going oh, to, somehow it gets worse. It's not telling you what it gets worse. All right, now let's take a look at a movie that's kind of more of an upbeat ending, but still in the middle is boy, a better upbeat ending for sure. That's yeah, completely accurate. We're gonna look at what's this movie. This movie also very depressing. <laughs> very depressing. Talking about Uncle Frank, which came out November twenty fifth, twenty twenty. So we've got about a, you know we've got a few months on this, but it's somewhat recent. Paul Bettany, Sophia Lillis, Peter McDissey, Steve Zahn, Judy Greer, a good solid cast for what goes on in this movie. 
So I want I want to start off real quick with saying when I first saw the thing for Uncle Frank, I thought this was a comedy. I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a fun ride. To Guess what? It ain't. <laughs> it is not that thing. It is not a comedy. Um, in in uh, in a lot of ways, the same vein as Pieces of a Woman, but not really. The, but like, just someone just deals with something that they cannot go back on. No, no. <sighs> All right, so let's get into this one. Give me the give me the quick overarching your your, your ten second. What you guys thought of it? I mean, I think this movie is also very good. Um, this is one though that you have to see to the end. Um, you you get to see this guy's emotion and everything and everything that happens to him and I, i'll be honest with you i think if you stick around to the end of this one and you should you'll feel better about it for sure however it's a long way to get there at least at least only 90 minutes only 90 minutes <laughs> fair enough what about you chris um the great main cast that through through a lot of darkness there is some light that peers out in this movie uh as, as, along the ride all right, fair enough. I really enjoyed Uncle Frank. Um, no more, no less than Pieces of Woman. It's just, it's somewhat, I like these really hard-hitting movies. I really kind of, these kind of character studies of how people are broken um, and dealing with society that is kind of shitty in a way. Um, so Frank, Paul Bettany is Frank. He is now a professor at a university who is a gay man who is in relationship with another man uh, and has kept it a secret from his family. Uh, you can tell early, a gay man from his family. Most, Thank you. Most of the same. You can tell early on when he brings someone to a family gathering that you know he brings a woman who he says they've been together for five years and but like when everyone's like, well, is there marriage? Like, no, no, no. We're 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 just together. Like, just speaks. He doesn't want to deal with his family. Now this is this is in '73, and his family is in West Virginia. Yay, West Virginia. Um, they're not in West Virginia. They're in South Carolina. Are they in South Carolina? Creekville, South Carolina, sir. Thank oh, Creekville, that's right. Because she was holding a West Virginia map. I didn't know why. The, okay, yeah, she was holding Oh, because they were driving map. through to get home. Um, yeah, you're right. Creekville, you're right. South Carolina. Um, so this is a, one of those movies that is, I think, because of the way it's because of the way the story is told, how you get little tiny snippets here and there of what of what, what happened. Uh, this is kind of. I think this is like could be a nightmare of a movie to edit together, or even as to tell the story because you you know you know what I'm trying trying to say there. I do. I know what you mean. Uh, could I, be. I like this, this movie is a is a nice ride of of what what is happening, what has happened, and what could happen is is the way this whole thing plays out, right? And I I, I love the guy who plays Daddy Mac. Well, I love the guy who plays Daddy Mac is also Milton from Office Space, <laughs> and and. Yeah. Gore, and <laughs> Gordon from Dodgeball. Like that's my that's like I'm like, oh my god, it's that guy, Steven Root. Um, he he is he has proven his chops because he he's very silly, but in this movie he kills it as uh, the father as dad dad daddy Mac, the father of uh of the of the kids and husband to the the, the wife. I mean it's so let's start off with a story, Roger. How would you describe this story to somebody? I'm trying to think of a way to put this that sounds fair to this movie because I would say it's a coming of age movie for a gay man, but it's absolutely not that. It's kind of like a coming of age for his family, um, but not him. Is that is that fair to say? It's a it's, it's such a it's such a weird perspective with the characters we're given, right? Because right. because we're following 
not just not, you know not just not Uncle Frank. Yeah, Uncle Frank, but we have you know his niece who is a big focal point in this and is a, is a key anchor along this whole ride. And then we also have Uncle Frank's uh, lover Wally, who is the best person in this movie. Hundred percent. I I want to party with Wally. I want him to be my I want him to be my friend. Yep. For yeah, sure, um, he's awesome. Each character is so vital to this. To that this big story. hairy man giving you hugs, they'd be so wonderful. They'd be <laughs> so nice. They'd be so nice. I think he's one of the biggest big contradictions. Man hugging me. Yep. Yes. I think his character though is one of the biggest contradictions in but like and it's like a it's one that's kind of a red flag in a way that you know, one of his So he is a man who talks about he is a, what, an Arabic man? He's Muslim. M- yes. Muslim of Muslim descent, and he says you know, I've moved away from there because they they execute people like me, yes, gay people. Because but, they do. But like he doesn't Still, in two thousand and twenty. Okay, okay, I'm not. All right, we're moving away from that. I can't. Um, but he doesn't quite get the point that um, Frank Paul Bettany doesn't want him to go home. To the, he doesn't quite. When he, even though he tells him in several different ways, I don't want you because it's not. They will not accept this, you know. And then he he even says one of them when they finally get there, and the story, you know, has all these people in one spot. He even says, "If we are found out, they will throw us in prison, and that is it." So, but even and he doesn't. Wally doesn't get, and that to me is like, a, why doesn't he get it? He comes from a place that would kill him for being gay, but he doesn't understand this. That's that was kind of like one of the things I didn't get. See, that's not really a contradiction there. So. What it is, is where Wally lives, you know, New York, it's totally okay to be an outed gay man in New York. No one cares. No, but Wally also... Hold on, hold hold on. Relax. When you are in Podunk, South Carolina, which a lot of South Carolina, once you get away from the coast, is just hill country. It's not exactly accepted the same way as it is in 1973 as it still is in 2020. So Wally has never been through a place like that before. He understands the danger. Of course he does. But he also knows that his, what would be the equivalent of his husband, needs him there. And he doesn't care about the downside of it. I mean, legitimately, he's blinded by that. that He knows he needs to be there. That's all that that is. No, I I get it because, you know, they have a connection and they are in love. And I, I get that with the whole... Being from a Muslim world doesn't compute. I don't. I'm not so, quite getting uh, that part it, of it. Uh, again, it, it, it's you know where he's he he left where he where he where he started and came to America because because of the way he felt. So like his experience is, I'm leaving here to go there because I'll be treated better. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. That was just yeah. that was one red flag that came up in my head. I'm okay. So I mean. That's, that's 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 fair. Yeah. So his um, only experience, his only two experiences are: this is not going to happen to where I can be who I want to be. Free America. You know, and you know, and that's it. Now he's going to go someplace way, you know, another place that's drastically different. Just happens to be in the same country he's in, and it's. I think it's that connection that like he doesn't quite, he doesn't quite fathom the weight of that decision to go there. Frank and, is educating him on that. Yeah. On the fly, by the way. But and, and also there's there's a small piece that's playing in there because. Frank does not want to deal with his past at all, which is evident by the you know the fact that he's he's a recovering alcoholic, the fact that he does not want him to go with him, so he doesn't have to answer to answer anybody. So he so there, there's a there's two things in play let, that has Frank trying to have Wally stay behind, 
it's not just, you know, wait, this is dangerous here. It's he doesn't want to deal with this. He doesn't want to. He he's he's in New York for a reason. Yeah. So there's two things at play here and and Wally like you said just wants to be supported. And I think that's a a, a piece of what is a was a wonderful story in this movie. Yeah, I th- I, I think so. I, th- I think you're right about that. The the dichotomy between where they were in New York and where they are in yes, <laughs> Creeksville, South Carolina. I think is Especially evident by the family, I really loved. And we just had, what was that? We we just had um, the Hill People, um, Hillbilly Elegy. Yeah. yeah. So we just had another one. Don't worry, they, they wouldn't want Wally there either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. It's just one of those movies like we missing out on a big strong man who is very funny. <laughs> love him. Who I love how Frank's mom's like he has as much hair on his face as he does his head. I love it. <laughs> it's true. Um, and there, there are some really tough moments to watch in this one too. Yeah. Um, especially dealing with, of course, the the flashback scenes. Mm, the flashback scenes are brutal. There, I mean, I don't, I can't imagine my father telling me anything like that. I just, I can't. I just, holy moly, man, that's lucky. A- lucky for us, and honestly, the the era that we grew up in, we didn't have to worry about things like that as much. But I mean, that's that's just the way that it is. Be outed by your your overbearing douche of a father. Oh, and the way that it happens too. Brutal, man. Brutal. Which I have I have questions about that. I have serious questions about that. What are your questions, Grayson? About with the lawyer without maybe consulting someone first, would the lawyer do what he did? It's in the will. If it's in the will, he has to. He's legally bound to do that. Okay, okay, fine, fine. Yeah, he Um, has to read it as it is written in there. With any requests given by the decedent. Yep. I'm hundred percent the way. Now listen, um, you can tell he wasn't a big fan of doing what he had yeah, to do. Yeah, like he, he, it was awkward as shit. Yeah, he seemed like he was <laughs> was upset by what he was, by what he had to do. Yeah, left five hundred dollars to his sister. <laughs> that was that was. Well, so okay, like sidetrack note here. How much is twenty grand in nineteen seventy three? That's, a, that's, that's a, a lot of that's money. A chunk right? of that's a real 20, bunch of money. Twenty five thousand. Yep. It was twenty five thousand. I think. But he left it to each of them, right? To, oh, yeah. to, to yeah, the two kids. Yeah, yep. like that's a lot of money. Oh yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. Oh, so, pro- probably fifty or sixty at least, if not oh, more. Yeah, he's probably the equivalent of like hundred and fifty now. It's a lot of money. It, it ain't a little oh, bit. I don't know about that's that, life-changing but... money in 1973. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when minimum wage was like right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's one of those things. Like, there's a lot of now. Pieces of a woman has way the, the scenes of pieces of a woman are so much more difficult to watch. But there's there's maybe one or two scenes in this one that would I would put up there with. Oh man, that's just brutal to watch. I think the difference between like the the, the way that. The way the scenes are heavy. I don't want to compare the two movies like too much, but like the the scenes in uh, a piece of a woman is they're heavy, they're hard to watch. Whereas the ones in this, you know, they have weight to them, but it's it's not as just it's not as soul crushing, right? No, like, no. You know, it, it, and it's something that there, you know, there's only one, there's only one scene in this movie that's anywhere near the brutality level of half of the scenes. In pieces of a woman, yeah. so yeah, and that's just literally there at the end where yeah. you know he's off, oh. off in the pier. Yeah, so good on him for uh, for moving those flowers, though. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Yeah, right. Let's talk, let's talk about the character. Let's talk about the characters of. Uh, let's talk about the 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 niece. Um, 
it girl Sophia Lillis, Beth. Barb. Yeah. <laughs> Barb. Yeah. From- Barb. Um, oh, when she goes, like, everybody calls her Beth, she's like, it's Beth. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's kind of one of the catalysts that we follow through this movie, through, so we can follow Uncle Frank through this movie, is kind of through her, you know, interpretation of how she's seeing her Uncle Frank. Because we're learning everything the way she's learning everything, you know, is... I'm so glad she was immediately okay with it. Yeah. Like, immediately yeah. okay with it. That made me so happy. Yeah. But even, like, the contradictions of what the movie does to, to kind of put you there is when he first tells her what about the church choir leader, <laughs> he's like, he, he's one of my tribe. And he's like, but she, but he's so religious. And like immediately it starts with the contradictions, like immediately. And there's several others that follow. Um, but that's, I did love that. I did. I think the writing in this one is pretty good as well. Yeah, I agree. There aren't many scenes where she's not a part of it though. You know what I mean? No, she's, 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 she, she's absolutely, you know, like, like who whose seat we're also sitting in for this journey for the most part. There's not a lot of scenes without her, and you know she does a fantastic job. I think. How about when they're at the uh, the car mechanics place? That was so good. Listen, oh my god! When <laughs> so they have a they have a thing on the road where the car breaks down, and they're they're at this mechanic shop, like this little run of the mill shop, and God knows where off some you know rural highway place yeah. yeah probably west virginia probably very likely <laughs> um <laughs> this guy just like starts openly hitting on her and he's like are you okay with that like saying it to uncle frank and wally mm-hmm. and <laughs> beth goes you don't need their pos- pr- uh, permission to talk to me you need my permission and then she just eviscerates this oh, dude eviscerate, for like yeah. a minute and then he laughs because he doesn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> it just moves along. About like, you know, she said, I love how she says, you're probably dumber than you look. And then like the minute goes by when he's just like smiling. And she's like, just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just an idiot. <laughs> no, that, that was, I felt so good. Yeah, no, that scene was, uh, I, I laughed hard. Which is so like, this is why, like, this is uh, like, this movie isn't quite as heavy as the last one we just talked about because there are scenes Well, there's like levity this. here. Yes, yeah, there are scenes like this peppered into this movie. You know, the um, uh, Liz's new boyfriend as well. Oh, so God. There's another one where it's like, where like, they're in the bathroom, Wally, Uncle Frank, and her, and they're talking about, you know, probably not because of, and and, and Wally says, you know, tells, tells, you know, says one thing, and it's, it, it's jarring and it's hilarious, and Uncle Frank goes, not worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's just. It, it's I don't just think he's that into you, and then he's like, he's gay. <laughs> like at the same time, he's like, he's probably not that into. You. He's like, he's gay. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Like, and like there, there are there, these moments are 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 sprinkled throughout this movie, which does make it a little more palatable. It's listed as a comedy. Uh, as a drama comedy, I'm not sure I would attach the word comedy to this. I think drama is fair. Comedy, I don't know about that. There's no side splitters here. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly. Ugh, okay. Drama is good too, though. It's yes, really good. It is, it is. Paul Bettany is great. I was just gonna say, Paul Bettany is so. I mean, his great. mustache, though, not so great. I, I, I get a very Grayson vibe. To be honest, Ooh, which, yeah, you should get some '80s glasses like that, early '70s, like those style glasses and wear them around and grow a rat stash. You could look like that. That could be you. Wait, wait, what I grow is called a rat stash. I mean, 
Are you surprised I use that to describe the mustache you can grow? No, not at all. Because exactly. I mean, it's 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 terrible. So that is also a thing. Strong, strong. Um, yeah, Paul Bettany. You I should think grow Uncle Frank for Halloween. Oh, I like that. Uh, that's weird, but all right. So no one's going to care about us. So, yeah, but it would be powerful. Perfect. Let's, let's compare. <laughs> let's compare Uncle Frank. Because you grow it like up to the eyeballs. Yeah. Your beard like grows to your That's eyes. Well, mine, you know, I, I trim it like a normal person. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> all right, all right, guys, focus. Let's talk about Frank. Let's talk about Paul Bettany and Vanessa Kirby together. Who did it better? That's a tough call because I think they're both really good. I think probably Vanessa Kirby though. Just I because I, mean, I think it's more pieces of woman is a more emotional movie. It just is, right? It, it's heavier emotionally. Okay, I mean, that's fair to it, say. It just make it feel more emotional. I think there's a there, there's a lot happening in both movies, and I think both performances are great. I do have to. It, it does seem like giving it to Vanessa would it would be the great call because of how heavy that movie feels. But there's such there. You know, there's such good acting in both of these movies. Yeah, the portrayal of Frank is really excellent. It Just is. because you see all of the emotion, like all of the conflicts that he has built into his own brain about how he can't be himself or anything like that. Because, yeah. um, I mean, Frank in New York is completely different than Frank in South Carolina. Yeah. I mean, they're different people. Yeah. And just like we see, you know, you know, uh, Vanessa Kirby and Charlotte Buff's characters break down in their movie and how that journey happens, we get to go on that journey with. Uh, with Uncle Frank too. We do. We, you know, we see why he he was an alcohol. He, why he's a recovering alcoholic, and you know how going back home in this situation brings all that back to him. Like you, you get to see why this man went on the dark journey that he has and ends up where he does. And when Beth explodes at him about not being able, like all the stuff you told me about how I can be myself, mm-hmm. she's like, and you don't even take your own advice. Like that is so strong, yep. so strong, right yeah. there. Well, it's, it's meant. To, I mean, it's one of those story beats. It's meant to be strong for Frank's character. Okay, but okay. So a lot of times in these movies, though, that that moment feels so forced and shoved down your throat. Where this, it plays out in such a logical way, and then it just comes out at the at, at the right time. And and her character, it's so believable that she would just say this to him because the way she's been the whole movie, right? Yes, you know, absolutely. She, she found her independence because of Uncle Frank. Yep. and really and and really held on to that and and made it her own afterwards after she he has that talk with her and for her to say that to him in the moment that she does just feels like it it it's not forced and it works so it is a it, it isn't a like shove down your throat moment in a movie it it flowed very well and it just felt very natural yeah it works yeah I mean I don't disagree with anything you you just said um this reminds me I know I mentioned it before it reminds me a lot of that and I don't I just like to tell you the where I get it from, but like that, that movie we watched with Ed Harris, Kodachrome, I think it was called. Yeah. It reminds me a lot about although this one's much deeper, much darker. Much, it deals, much, it, much. It deals with so that's it, that's what I mean. Let me okay, let me ask you this. If we were in a, a world without without a pandemic, pieces of a woman and um, Uncle Frank, I know are Amazon specific and Netflix specific. But do you think there's a chance those end up in movie theaters if the world never ha- COVID never happened? I, th- I think Uncle, Uncle Frank does. Uncle Frank, maybe. Pieces of a Woman, nah. Nah. Well, I, well I, I mean, I don't know how many of these scripts were, like, because of the whole... I mean, how many of these scripts were, were picked up 
when they were because I mean I it just it's hard to tell when certain companies pass on things and when other sure. companies pick them up and well no. I mean that's something I didn't get to say when we we're talking about movie distribution rights I don't think they should put every movie distribution thing in stone now <laughs> I think you need to put some uh, flexible clauses in those well and they uh, will the lawyers get that right yeah they absolutely will from now on I'm sure of it um, less so a little bit more about Uncle Frank did. <sighs> The family, his family, you know, his, uh, all of his, now when I say his, I mean, Frank's, um, his siblings, their kids. Did you find that And correct me if I'm wrong? I think that was the guy from the same guy, the, the husband of the sister who knew this whole time that Frank was gay. The only one that she confided in her husband, he was the guy, was he the guy to remember the Titans that had such a problem with everything? I think he was. I think he was actually, you're hundred percent correct. Yeah. Yeah. The guy kicks off the team. Yeah. Yeah. Ray. Yeah, yeah, but so the family, right. the family situation that seems normal to me. Like that, I didn't have to suspend my own disbelief for because it seemed very believable in 1973 in sure. Creeks yeah. Creekville, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and it, it feels because the family comes through in this movie. You know, the they fam- do. Which, the family really saves this movie for you because. This could have been a whole different tone at the end of the movie, right? This really could have been a whole different tone when, you know, dealing with the flashbacks and him going back to the docks. That really could have been a very different movie. Oh, yeah. I Um, mean, I thought for a minute we were getting that movie. Right? (laughs) Well, I mean, you were were made to think like that. But I'm glad the way the movie played out. I mean, it's – I almost – I wanted – what I wanted to see was – now, we we, had already seen it, of course, with – the flashback with his father and his young, what, what teenager self, mm-hmm. um, his father basically says, if you keep seeing that boy, I'm going to kill you both. Um, he doesn't basically say that. He does say that. No, no, no. That's what he said. But he, I'm, I, there's, 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 there's a part of me, the, 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 the part of me that latches on to stories that wanted to see, you know, however old Frank, how old do you think Frank is in this, like our, our version of Frank? It's 47. Four, okay, yeah, that's right. Forty-seven. He he says that. That's what he says, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you? I wanted to see forty-seven-year-old Frank and his father have a conversation. I, I was hoping for that. I mean, but then when you when you when you learn that there was that, that you know they're going back for his father's funeral. It's like, ah, well, we we we. we well, I mean, that. the last conver- the only conversation we get to see is with what forty-four-year-old Frank when he gets him an electric shoe polisher. Yeah, yeah five, 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 years, five years. Five years. Was it five? Okay, like so yeah, early forties and yeah. So electric shoe polisher. What do I need this for? Yeah, and it's like and I else, used it. I thought you'd like it. <laughs> and everyone else. And the, the point of that was the other people got him gifts that were less expensive and less extravagant, and he pretended hated. to like them more. He hated it. <laughs> he hated that shoe polisher. Yeah, I mean, but Dude, I love he that opening. Polish his shoes, and his mom even says it. Yeah, <laughs> I I love that opening scene. You learn so fast that that his father is such a dick, and it was like it's yeah. such a good way of showing Weird. you. You know, it just it, little things like that is it, things I think where this movie really shines, where the writing in this movie really, really shines, too. I think I'm, uh, I'm glad you said something about the writing, because another piece of the writing that really stood up to me was uh, how they – so, like, we're back and, and we're at the funeral, and the brother and him have a, have a conversation at the casket talking about how, you know, hey, you know, every time I went to see Dad, I, every – He's my best friend. Every week. You know, I went there every week to see Dad, and every, every time he asked, he asked me how, how you were or, you know, if I heard from you. You know, and he and, and the brother tell tells uncle, you know, tells Frank, you know, he, he he loved you, man, like he really did. And then like, 
But he didn't. That's the thing. Well, and, and then that's the thing. And they did it in that subtle way where, like, and, and, and Wally's dialogue with Frank saying, you know, how, you know, how, like, how his family, you know, how, you know, his family will be there for him, that kind of stuff. They set up the, the reading the will scene so well right. for that, for that to just punch you in the gut because of, you know, of that, especially that conversation with his brother at the casket, mm-hmm. you know, during, during the funeral. It's during the showing. That was big. That let, that really set up for that the will scene to take it. Let me ask you a question, both of you. I think the brother was just covering for the dad. Yes, I mean, I think that's 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 kind of the point of that scene is he was covering like for legitimately because he didn't want him to feel like he was being ostracized. Well, because he was there for it, that he actually came back. And brother's like, if I tell him this, maybe it'll feel better. And then the will stuff just was the destruction. You know, maybe I, I didn't think of that from that perspective. I didn't. I didn't until you had brought it back up, and yeah. I'm just like. What if he did? Because yeah. I mean, and I don't want to spoil how all of it plays out, but trust me, it's there. Yeah. And if I, I don't know now, it, it, it could be either way. You're I could, right. Yeah, it, it could absolutely be either way. But at the same time, I believe that the, that the father did ask about his son because because since they don't talk and that's, and that's not they're not close at all. As a father, you still you you know you still may, may want to know if you know how your son, how your oldest son, that's his junior. You know what I mean? I know, but I don't. But but that's not at all consistent with what he wrote in the will. Yeah, I, I don't. I I I mean, I I know what you're saying. I yeah. I just I hadn't considered the other side of that till right then and there. Don't discount someone's vitriol, though. You know what I no, mean? No, yeah. Don't hold that grudge. You know, it, it, I I think I think you could have both both sides of that coin in that in those moments. You know, I, I think you could. It's not impossible. Yeah. All right, so let's go on and uh, let's get this guy rated up. Who wants to go first? I'll go first on this one. All right. So. I enjoyed this movie. It's it, it's a great movie. It's not an easy watch. <laughs> Again, it's definitely not a comedy IMDb, but um, <laughs> it, it's uh, th- this movie is a is a solid seven for me. You know, so, you know, it, it's it's good. It's a it's a good ride. The performances are great in it, and I love the writing of this movie. It's just and the ending really does make this movie. Okay, all, all right. right. I'll go ahead and go uh, this time then. Uh, I think I'm going to go right in the same line here. I'm going to give it actually a seven. Um, I thought Uncle Frank is very good. Um, I was completely happy with how it all turned out. And listen, it takes a while to get there. You know, it's it's a little rough, a little rough in spots. But uh, I think more people, the more people will watch this, more people appreciate it for what it is. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna join you guys seven. It was always a seven for me. And okay. here's here's a discrepancy between this and. I think this is more consistently – I think this is more consistent. I think than Pieces of a Woman – this is why I gave Pieces of a Woman a six and this is a seven – is this is more consistently just always across the board the same when Pieces of a Woman is so like up and down, up and down. Uh, but I mean I – of the two movies – see, here's the weird part. I think Pieces of a Woman is – is say, it's a better, say it's a better movie. It is a better movie, but this, this one, but this one's more consistent. If that makes sense, with what they're trying with the 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 narrative line here is more consistent all the way through. Hey, listen, what, what I'm trying to say. One of these movies can be better than the other, and the other one can still be the, be easier to watch, more fun to watch. Uh, but that really didn't have anything to do on the on what I I mean. Watchability is not. It's just. I mean, it's just, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to watch Pieces of a Woman again, but I, I'm going I to. I do not want to watch Pieces of a Woman again either. I would, I might, I would probably watch Uncle Frank again. Especially okay. now to go over that scene we just talked about. Now, could you see a, a very, now could you, given the same elements in place, could you see 
even said in 19, well, you, you, you have to, well, okay, let's just say you said it in 2020. Could you see the same movie being like a romantic comedy? Or actually, they did make this movie. We, we just watched it on, on Hulu. What was, that, um, what was that movie where she took her lesbian friend home, and, but like she was ashamed of it at the same time? What was that movie? We just watched it, Roger. We just talked about this movie. Yeah, happy. Oh no, the Christmas movie. <laughs> no, yeah, I could definitely see where they would they could do that. <laughs> God, they, I hate that movie. Well, oh, the happiest season movie was garbage. I wanted, but I wanted to like it more than than we did, but we just didn't. Um, but no, this is. I think this there is a slightly different writing writing angle here. You could have a completely different different movie here, even with the same people in place. Even with the same cast, you can have you can have a very different movie. Uh, but yeah, I just I, th- I think it's a solid seven. So I'm I'm putting this on par with Joker, just so you know. And Peace of Woman gets less, <laughs> one less than the Joker. You're an idiot. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, there are forces at work that will probably be right with you, but I mean, I well, whatever. I don't. It is what it is. I gave the scores. I, I did. I had my own reasoning for it. I, I stand behind them. Good for you, buddy. Thanks, man. All you live your best life. <laughs> Oh man, you guys are mean. All right, this has been episode. I was being nice. Yeah, right. Okay, I'll, I'll take that, Roger. I'll take it. Be nice. This has been I episode two hundred and nine. Nice. I knew you weren't. See, I knew it. Definitely sarcasm. <laughs> Each new episode posts every Tuesday every morning. Post. Um, I do I have a question for you guys. Ooh. What movie are you, What movie are you recommending more? Well, I'm not talking about either one of these to no? most people. No. Oh, so well, no, because I have. I have a friend who is pregnant right now. I will not no. talk about that movie Don't at all. No, 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 sir. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, Uncle Frank is right. No. I mean, I, I'd recommend Uncle Frank to pretty much anybody. Piece of I, I would be more comfortable uh, talking about Uncle Frank yeah, with people. Right. I would. I could listen. I will. I will champion pieces of a woman. Yeah. But listen. It's a hard but, ride. But that's interesting, right? Because because we all agree what the better movie is here. But like, not Grayson. He can't do math. So <laughs> no, that's not. I have my own reasons. Damn it. We all agree right. what the better movie is. But I think we're all going to recommend the lesser of these two movies. You know, to more people to watch. And I think this is interesting. That you know, I think it speaks to pieces of woman's strength that it is such a good movie. And so well done that it's like I don't want to recommend this to people that because it, it's going to be hard to watch. So it's, it's not a fun movie to see. So I don't know. I think that's just an interesting piece. But I can recommend Uncle Frank to pretty much anyone. I wouldn't yeah. have a problem recommending Uncle Frank to anybody. Piece of woman's you're you're you've got to be like you've got to be you've got to be ready for You better know your audience. <laughs> well, no. I mean, someone said, "Would you recommend Piece of Woman?" I'd say for twenty five minutes you watch a home birth happen. And there's no cuts. Like I feel like they could get what they wanted to from they could extrapolate what you're trying to say from what you've just said when you when you when you tell them that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. Um, there's a home birth that goes terribly awry. But I mean, that's also like people are like ah, I don't want to watch that. The same the same reason people are like I don't want to watch Marley and Me. I I know the dog dies. Sorry, spoiler from 2008. Just have your depression blanket ready if you watch Pieces of a Woman. <laughs> It's your weighted blanket. Yeah, yeah, you get your weighted blanket out. It's your weighted blanket out. And let's go. Right. Once again, this has been episode 209 of For the Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast. There's your choice of the following five. 
iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please leave a comment to rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. And I am Christopher Vaughn. Check out the show on Facebook, posting things there, and check us out on YouTube. Still, we're working out the video thing. We're, we're, I, I've got some ideas that we're going to talk about soon, but I want to get that back up and running. Um, and next week, we're taking a look at The Marksman, Liam Neeson, which we all know pretty much where that's going to sit. <laughs> I mean, much like the rest of them, but we're very excited to watch that. And it's a Spectacular Five. <laughs> I bet it's a spectacular five. That's, Actually, that's, a, that's maybe a the best four I've ever seen. How about that? That's pretty, I mean, that's probably not too far from the truth, to be honest. Uh, so The Marksman for next week, which is a theatrical release, and Outside the Wire with Anthony Mackie, which is a Netflix original. So we have those two to look forward to next week. And Roger, by all means, make it weird. I mean, you want to talk about you know, the devastation and crippling depression that I went through after watching these two movies? Mm-hmm.